Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. I'm your host Julian Gill. Today we've got Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss over on the Kiss FAQ board. And 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hello. Uh, and today we're going to do something different with our kind of roundtable panel ranking, voting, discussion, topic type things. We, we're going to do a best of. So we have decided that we're going to, you know, pick our 15 or so favorite songs from this particular artist uh, through a specific range of albums, because it's not the whole catalog, thankfully. Um, and it was it was Ken's pick, and he'll explain why and, you know, why he kept it to those albums uh, for us. And then we throw them in the blender. Julian does his Julian math and then decides what everyone really liked. Um, no, then we come up with common picks. We did a tiebreaker a short while ago to get the last few picks in. Um, and we've come up with the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. Best of, Ken, who are we talking about and why? Ah. Uh. We are talking about the band Blackfoot. Um, and, and Blackfoot, for the people that don't know, <laughs> um, which may be a lot, um, it's a southern rock band. Um, I would call them southern hard rock band. Um, and they started out in the early 70s. Um, and... I don't know if you want to tell me where I got on board or anything like that yet, but uh, they had a pretty successful period of time, at least late 70s, early 80s, where they were at their most popular. And I, what I think is their um, their best stuff was around that time, too. Um, and it's more on the heavy, harder rock side of things, which, you know, we all like. Um, but uh, that's one of the reasons I chose them. Um, I know we'll talk about um, the albums. I guess I'll tell you the albums. The albums uh, where I chose is uh, Flying High, which was the first album. Uh, I'm sorry, not Flying High. Uh, no Reservations. Then Flying High, the second album. Third album was Strikes in 79. And then there was Tom Catton uh, in 80, Marauder in 81. Uh, and then Siogo in... 1983 and then vertical smiles in 1984 after that is where things kind of uh to me no longer was really the true blackfoot anymore or the true core what i feel is the core four guys that uh were part of the the main the main band um and there's other reasons that happened too and well i think we'll get into it as we we go along yeah, some of the history of this band is really interesting. Ricky Medlock is the principal um, kind of guy in the band. Um, and he, he's he got connections with uh, Leonard Skinner. And what I find is that yes. they're, they're a heavier um, a heavier rock version of Southern Rock, where Skinner is more like a heavy boogie version of Southern Rock. Both extremely good, love Skinner obviously but this yeah. is a completely different beast but there are some similarities and crossover between the two bands so i think if people aren't familiar with um blackfoot and they want something to compare it with then i, I think for me uh comparing them with 
you know, early Skinner, it probably comes closest, you know, give me two steps, that kind of, that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, no, yeah. two. <laughs> and, and, and just elaborate <laughs> more on, on Ricky. Um, he was um, adopted by uh, Shorty Medlock, who was known as a blues, blue, bluegrass type uh, artist back in the day. He was his grandfather and became kind of his father um, being adopted. Um, the other thing about Ricky is he had some illness, I think, when he was young, and they, they ended up removing one of his lungs. So what you, what you, what you hear him singing, it's kind of surprising how, how well he can belt out things with just one lung. Um, so that's another, another point there. And then as you talked about Leonard Skinner, they were... Uh, at least two of the members, uh, Ricky and uh, Greg T. Walker, were in a very early version of Skinner when they were recording the demos for the first album of Skinner. There's a whole bunch of songs even Ricky had written and actually sang lead on a few of the songs, um, a number of the songs for that too. But um, anyway, that's some background. Yeah, and I believe Ricky is a Native American. He is, and the uh, Greg T. Walker is uh, as Native American heritage, and also um, Jackson Spires, who was the drummer, also. So three out of the four. And then there was the sole, <laughs> just sole Caucasian. Yeah, and that, <laughs> but, uh, that, that's something that yeah. I always found interesting about this band. What limited amount that I did know about Blackfoot back in the 80s as a non-American was whether a Native American rocker was going to have a different perspective on things than all the kind of uh, yeah. Anglo you know, stuff uh, that had come from the blues in Europe, you know, the, the, the Rolling Stones, uh, the Yardbirds and all that. So um, interesting. Let's talk about, you know, first interactions with Blackfoot. Lonnie, what about you? Where's your entry point? And is it very recent? My Well, you know, I, I knew of Blackfoot. And and I and it's to a credit, and I usually talk about it on these shows. Um, it's it's to credit of of KC95 in St. Louis that I I knew of Blackfoot. They play, you know, train train, you know, very very regularly. I mean, I I knew I've known that song for as long as I can remember. Um, and they play and on Sunday mornings they play a KC classic show. Um, where they play um, classic artists from like 8 a.m. until until noon, and they, you know a lot of times I'll I'll have that on or have it on in the car, things like that. And I'm I'm well aware of Blackfoot because of KC95. Um, but as far as my entry point, really diving into the catalog, I'd have to say it was in the last couple of weeks. So, um, but it but it, but it's been interesting, and that's the point of these shows um, is to get us to talk about. And, and listen to things that we don't always, you know, listen to, and then talk about them to to the viewers slash listeners. Yeah, that that is absolutely the whole point of these shows. Sometimes it's nice to base one about an album that some of us have loved for decades, you know, to share, you know, with the audience. Sometimes it's great to get one of us to pick something out of outside the wheelhouse 
for the rest of us so that we do get to experience it. Me, you know, it's a couple of years ago, Ken, that you were talking about Blackfoot. Um, and obviously with me doing the Def Leppard book and them touring with Def Leppard right. in 81, right. I had a bit of familiarity with them because all those ads, they were heavily promoted in the early 80s in British trade magazines. Mm -hmm. So I had never really checked out the catalog until a couple of years ago. And you told you gave me a couple of albums uh, to go get. And I did. And, you know, they, they were obviously the Def Leppard era albums, Tom Canton and Marauder. So, you know, those I had heard quite a few times, but I hadn't dug into the catalog. I didn't know much about them. Um, some of the, Now, after a couple of weeks or a, a couple of months of listening to those first five albums or six albums, whichever it is, um, you know, some of the songs do sound familiar from what I've heard on the radio. Train Train, obviously, being pretty, pretty duh. You've heard that before. But what right. was your entry point, Ken? You know, what got you into the band? And then we'll get into uh, talking about what we've determined to be the best of Blackfoot. Yeah, well, my entry point was, <laughs> and you talk about Train Train, uh, that was it. Um, I, I can still remember when I first heard it. Um, it was just kind of weird, but I remember first hearing it. We were at the, you know, you have your local swimming pool in your your uh, neighborhood area or whatever, and we used to go down there and bring the boombox and turn on the radio, you know, to the rock, the rockiest, you know, rock station, and you know, we'd be around the pool. We were playing frisbee or whatever, um, and then I heard the song come on. Um, and it, it started, you know, with this weird beginning kind of in the harmonica, you know, electric harmonica and stuff. And, and then it just, you know, kicked in. I was like, well, what? hey, this is pretty darn good. And and listened to the whole song. And I, immediately I meant to, I, I made a mental, you know, note that, okay, if they, they tell me who this artist is, because lots of times they didn't tell you. You know, sometimes they just played it and the, the DJ wouldn't tell you. And they actually said Blackfoot. And I said, ah, okay. So next next time I went to the record store, I, I picked it up, found the album and, and picked it up. And So that was my entry point. And that was the uh, Strikes uh, album that came out in 79. And, that, you know, that's where they got their first hit or a couple hits. Um, so that was my entry point. Now, that's the only album cover that I remember from before becoming familiar with them through the Def Leppard research and all those early magazines. Yeah. Very distinctive cover that. All right, let's get into our discussion on the best of. So as I mentioned, everyone picked 15 songs and then we correlated them and everything. So 15 made our best of collection, 15 don't. So I'm going to tell you the ones that only got one vote. Um, <laughs> you know, one person picked each one of these songs. It's still a pretty good list. That'll make a nice playlist. So I'll probably make one of those on Spotify afterwards so uh, not making the cut big wheels dancing man driving fool dry county um every man should know dry county that sounds like a bon jovi song um it is. <laughs> get it on gimme 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 indian world mm -hmm. mother which is a dancing song um railroad man rattlesnake rock and roller some good titles stranger on the road summer days Teenage Idol, which I'm particularly bummed didn't make the cut, um, and We're Going Down. So those are our you rejects. Said, you said Gimme, 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 and it's it's on our... Oh, no, it's not. It didn't it did. make it. Okay. It was on the tiebreaker. 
tie. Yeah, it was on, oh. the, it was on the tie break. Yeah, I should yeah. have. So anyway. what is interesting about, you know, obviously with three of us coming in from different perspectives on this is uh, between the three lists, there were only four songs that each of us, we all, we all picked. Four unanimous picks, uh, five because one's a, t- uh, a tiebreaker. So from our original list, so only four. So let's get into this. And these are just going to go from, you know, um, most of them only have two votes, which is enough to make the best of. And uh, again, only five have uh, unanimous consent. So let's get started with Born to Rock and Roll, which... Uh, comes off youtube picked oh that that's off of their first album that's off uh, no reservations from 1975 Lonnie, what were your thoughts yeah. on that one say, say it one i'm sorry say it one more time i born born to rock and roll oh that's a good that's a good song um it's on my list um it's just it's just groovy um and you can kind of kind of lose yourself in it type type of song um, and I'm probably going to sound like a broken record a lot for a lot of these Blackfoot songs. Um, they are, they're, they're, they're really songs that you can, oh my gosh, hold on. You guys are going to have to go without me for a second. All right. Well, I picked it as well. So, you know, this is the sort of music that suits me. Uh, it's a hungry song. I like the title and there's the playing and the writing i really dug on this and there there are bits and pieces that are elements that really come out later on on uh, their albums and their writing and everything um but it really shows a great starting point that the band was coming from and it seems a really good representation of the roots of blackfoot so ken you know you you will have been quite familiar with the first album and i i, I did notice that there weren't an awful lot of picks from that first album uh to make any of our list does that surprise you um not so much because uh, there's so much good material in the the middle part of their history that it's hard to pick something on their first that that's maybe you feel stronger about than than maybe on that's on strikes or or tomcat or marauder you know for instance so but that song is one of the better songs on the <laughs> definitely on the first album and obviously i think you two uh you and Lonnie picked that one, um, and it was close to being on mine. I had a couple other ones picked from the first album. Um, I almost, you know, we were almost going to do a ten-song thing, and I wouldn't, I would have lost out on some of the, you know, early album stuff being picked. So um, it was good that uh, you guys picked that one because that's one of my, one of the better songs on that album and it's a, it's a good straight ahead rocking you know rock and rolling song so it's a good one good pick yeah it also surprises me that we don't have any songs representing um flying high the second album either you know th- that was all I, you know single votes for songs so you know that they're, they're in the, the on the cutting room floor which seems a little bit surprising to me. Yeah. That's a very distinctive album cover. I remember that one as well, actually. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that not making it? Yeah, well, the second the second album, yeah, Flying High, the album cover, there's the one right there. The promo. promo. Yeah, promo copy. Yeah, I have a bunch of promo copies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it could be one of their weaker of the early albums. Uh, it's a lot of solid rock and roll on it. Um, I actually picked one song from it, uh, 
Uh, obviously, it didn't make the list, um, but uh, which is actually the the mellowest song probably in their whole career. I, I picked on that one, um, which is kind of it was called Mother, but uh, it didn't make the list. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good album, but it doesn't surprise me so much because there's so much you know better material you know coming up a little bit later. Yeah, I you know I'm a bit disappointed because two of my picks actually came off this album, Stranger on the Road, <laughs> because I really mm. like the the whoish beginning to that and how the, oh, vocal, yeah. the vocal and the guitar follow each other. So that that's kind of unusual to have that uh, melodic. Uh, but the pianos they had a nice tasty uh, guitar figure, and uh, I just think the drums don't sound good on that album. I think you're right. They're a bit That's wet cardboardish and needed a bit more. And he's punch. a good. I mean, Jackson's a great drummer. If yeah, it's on. It's know. on the production, not the drummer. The drum performance is fine. Exactly. It's the, but yeah, the sound it's the, is the sound of the, the drums sound, or the, the exactly. miking or or whatever you know is yeah. not right. And I also picked Dancing Man from that because that's just great old '70s boogie rock to me. Yeah. Um, and the vocal attitude, which you know now you've said that Riccioni has one lung. Um, but that's also a very Skinnerdish song, I think. Yeah. Um, my my initial impression off that was I want to play. Yeah, I want to figure out how to play that one on guitar because that immediately jumps yeah. out. And we've I, talked about when, with Born to Rock and Roll, they had that lead in um, bass line right at the beginning uh, for that song, which is very cool. So. I'll have to t- I'll have to take your word for it because as you're going to find from Lonnie and me, we just don't have the decades of familiarity don't have it all with this catalog. Yeah. This is mostly you today. So, did you have any other thoughts on uh, Born to Rock and Roll, Lonnie? Not necessarily. Um, good driving tune. I real I enjoyed it. Excellent. Let's move into the second one, and this one's actually pretty obvious. But again, only two of us voted for it, and that was uh, Diary of a Working Man, which. Uh, Ken, that's you and me, so why don't you give us your thoughts, Ken? Yeah, um, this is probably one of my favorite Blackfoot songs. Um, Just a a great, (laughs) a great cool song where, you know, it starts off really, you know, kind of mellowish and and guitar, and it's, you know, telling the story and stuff about, you know, working man and and so on, um, and about the trouble and and so on, but... uh, it, it's it, it kind of builds as you go along the song and then it then it hits this midsection where it's just heavy duty riffing rocking um which is so cool and easy to get into um and and then it brings it down again back towards the end of the song um and then it kind of finishes but it, it's such a cool song it's it's kind of one of their more unique songs a little bit different than some of the other things that they've done, but I, I just, I just love that song. It's just a great song. Now I had this pegged as Blackfoot's Freebird because of how it builds it's, and, and kind of I, how it's constructed. Blackbird's Reef Freebird is another song that made, well, we'll be talking about uh, to me. So yeah. And, and it surprises me that this comes so late in the catalog. This is from Marauder. So yes. I mean I I describe it as their free bird because that's just okay. that's just where my perspective sits. Enough. But okay. I love the structure, the build, the instrumentation, the vocal, the arrangement, and the story. So all of the elements that make the song I really dig. Um, but it also hits emotionally because it tells a story that kind of resonates. You know, I, I think anyone who works feels a little bit of working man uh, at times <laughs> and uh, some of the 
the uh, the things that come with that. So it's baked just right. Uh, Lonnie, any thoughts on that song? Oh, it's a good song. Didn't make my list, but um, but no, I can. I, but I can see why you guys picked it. It's a good song. All right, let's move on then into Highway Song, which uh, who had that? Two of us. Yeah, you and Lonnie. Lonnie, start oh, us on yeah. Highway Song. Highways. I love. I love driving music. Um, like just songs that like like Freebird is a great driving song, obviously. You know, and hi- Highway Song. Well, it's not Freebird. It's just it's just one of those songs, and, and like the title obviously has it in there. But you know, um, it's it's just it's just a, a song you just you know put your put your hand on the steering wheel and just kind of go to. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't have a whole lot to say because I don't have an extensive history of Blackfoot. And like I said, this song this, this week is mostly you, Ken. So why don't you tell me why you picked it, Ken? <laughs> well, I, think, I mean, the Highway Song is another kind of one of the first hits off the with Train Train off of uh, Strikes. And and the thing about that one, it ends their, the album. It's the last song on, on Strikes. But it starts like... Like uh, Freebird, it starts off mellow and and kind of goes along, and then it builds and then it kicks in and gets to a basically a long kind of you know rocking guitar solo by, by the end, which it just keeps going you know just they're just jamming guitar solo and that's the same thing as Freebird, the same type of thing it's it's the same kind of uh, you know. Uh, build of a song um as as freebird so that's why i always thought that this was uh, blackfoot's attempt to do their own kind of uh freebird song um but yeah they they have a few songs like that where they're jamming <laughs> at the last part of the song it's just a it's just a jam of wild guitar solos and and you know slide guitar and you know very tasty stuff though i mean it's not just going all over the place. It's it's actually pretty well done uh, soloing. Yeah, so I didn't pick this one. And what I've noticed on, there were obviously five songs I didn't pick at all. Four of them are from Strikes. <laughs> so That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, no, that, that really is interesting. That I don't have that. I only uh, had two favorites from Strikes um, after all. But, you know, going back and listening to this, you know, honestly, it's a bit downbeat through much of it. And, yeah, it picks up at the end. But uh, you know the down the downbeat side of it is just enough for me, you know, to not pick it. It doesn't do much for me until it picks up, and then it's a great rocker. So, all right, moving on. I got a line on you, and uh, who had that? I well, Lonnie did, and then, I did. Uh, in the in the tiebreaker, I switched two of my songs, so I joined Lonnie on that song. Oh, right. you did. All right. I well, did. Lonnie, start us off, and then Ken. I got a line on you. It's good. I, it's um, it's um, it's very typical Blackfoot, but it's I don't have a lot to say today. Uh, <laughs> it's it's good. It's groovy. You know, I I like it. You know, it and I it's it's one song I was you know halfway familiar with. Walk um, starting to explore the catalog too. So. So that being said, it, it stuck out to me. It was hard not to pick it because I was familiar with it 
um, going into this exercise. All right. Well, I'll add a little bit to what you've just said, because you said groovy. And that was something that made me not pick it. But I guess I could have, because it's kind of like Kiss and I Was Made For Loving You. This is like a club song. This you can do with the hand clapping, you know, and and the howling. You can almost feel it in a club with hand claps and hip shaking. And it's just, it's like, it's like (laughs) disco Blackfoot in a way, or 79 clubbing. Uh, Well, Blackfoot go clubbing. Yeah. All right, Ken. All right, so, all right, so this song uh, is one of the two songs that, when they got their contract uh, for strikes on the on the at uh, Atco label, they just signed there. One of the things that the company record company wanted them to do is do two covers, and this is one of the covers. Um, uh, and I got a line on you was a. Uh, I think released a little early 70s from I can't remember the 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 band but it was a semi hit maybe back then but Blackfoot I tell you does the I think a lot of people have done the song too by the way but Blackfoot has the best version of, of it of all I mean they they turned it into one of their own songs and you know let me take you down to the river band and all that stuff and and Ricky Medlock's vocals where he goes high vocals to like in a falsetto uh voice and, and so on um just just really great catchy songs so when i first got strikes this is one of the songs that were probably my favorite when i first got it and then i moved on to after listening to some other songs on the album that some other songs became favorites too uh but this is one of those songs that are very catchy and uh they made it their own it's a, it's a great rendition of that song all right, so this uh, it was Spirit, by the way, who originally Spirit. There you uh, go. recorded okay. that. All right, next up is a one that only you picked, but it made it through on the tiebreak, and it's turn left turn on a red light. So start us off on that, Ken. Yeah, left turn on a red light. Another one from uh, Strikes, which is a <laughs> a one you didn't pick, um, but uh, Lonnie, I think, jumped on board. Uh, I on jumped on board the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a real cool southern song, um, kind of laid back, um, and and going into the course of you, know, you took a left turn on the red light, uh, and very uh, cool guitar soloing throughout it, and uh, just a really nice written song. Um, it's I wouldn't call it the catchiest song. But it's just if more of a you know atmosphere kind of cool song um, about that one. So I've always liked that song. Well, you really upsold it because my notes say not very exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to see that's it. You, after listening to it a little bit more time, you'll you'll probably like it later. On. Oh yeah, I, there's not much I'd skip, you know, through any of these <laughs> okay. albums. Lonnie, so you you yeah. uh, you did the tiebreak on this one, I think. Yeah, it was tiebreaker. You know. I, um, I, I just enjoyed right. that album more than any others. Yeah, so nice. I guess you know the where Julian and I differ because um, I I thought that album was was the most catchy and the most um the the one I kept going back to more than any of them was Strike. So yeah. um and, and and I guess that's where you know some of the some of their hits lie. Maybe that's why. But 
um, when th when that showed up on the tiebreaker, I was like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem. You know, I don't, obviously I don't have a problem with it, but um, but I thought, you know, what, that's good enough to get to get my vote on the tiebreaker. I I enjoyed it enough. Yeah, and that's that's going to be one of the kind of themes for me as well. Um, while you guys had a lot off strikes, um, you know, for the next one, paying for it, I had that, and I think who else had that? Well, you did. You yeah. It? So with paying for it, I get a Loverboy vibe. And when you think about some of those bands that were coming out in the late '70s, the Cars with their less electronic, just rocking, poppy, catchy stuff, Foreigner, mm -hmm. um, you know, and Loverboy, all yeah. in that kind of realm of material. That's what I got out of that. And that's uh, you know, off Marauder 1981. Um, but it just feels that it's influenced by those other sorts of bands, a little bit more catchy, radio-friendly fodder, um, which I like well enough. Lonnie? Yeah, definitely catchy um, is why it made my list that, you know, I, I could I could hear this, I could hear this mixed in, you know, in a radio mix and like a, and like a, like a, like a classics type show um, of, of revisiting stuff from that era. Um, it was catchy enough, so I definitely, that's why it made my list and you know pretty pretty high up there for that matter too um i we talk about on other shows that we do all the time that i enjoy catchy songs and this is definitely one of them so that's why it's on my list oh signed as well that's a great, that's a, that's a great cover you. that looks good signed as well so ken uh paying for it thoughts on it um yeah it's it's a it's a good song it's it's one it's i chose a different song uh that didn't make the list uh you know dry county um but dry county is a little bit more or less catchy and more just on the real heavy you know you know plowing along kind of song um with a groove um paying for it yeah paying for it is a little bit more catchy you know you she's paying for it now and, and so on about kind of like a i guess it's about a hooker <laughs> um on, on the street and that kind of stuff like that so um but uh yeah i could see how you're saying you know lover boy song. i mean it doesn't sound like lover boy song necessarily but i it has that you know more of the catchy kind of stuff that maybe some of those other bands could do you know or would do all right well talking about that sort of material it's a nice segue into the next song and that's run for cover off Siogo which um, I picked that, and I've got that as happy pop, but I totally get it if it turned off fans of the band, you know, the 70s fans, uh, because it's really going in a different direction with its catchiness mm. to the early material, which you really get when you're listening to it sequentially. So um, who else had run for cover, or did that one I did. come up on the side? Lonnie. Lonnie. I did. I Same did, reasons? Because... For for a lot of the same reasons I I had I had paying for it on there and the same reasons um, Julian just mentioned you know again it's catchy it's poppy it's kind of a fun song and, and you know maybe the hardcore Blackfoot fans at the time may may not have enjoyed it you know listening to you know some of the previous stuff so Ken what did you think when that song came out or why why don't you have it on your list Ken Well well here's the story there they were doing their albums and there was the core three albums which i call like the holy trinity which is strikes tom catton and uh, marauder and then uh the, the record company <laughs> comes to them and starts telling them what to do and they tell them to uh you need a keyboardist and they got <clears throat> excuse me uh ken hensley 
from uh, Uriah Heep, or formerly Uriah Heep. And uh, so they added a new kind of sound to their uh, to to Blackfoot a little bit more, you know, keyboards, electronic type, almost synthesizer in a way, but uh, in the background, and they kind of went more pop, you know, because um, they told Blackfoot that that they thought they were stale at the time, and I was like, I'm thinking stale. I mean, Marauder is such a great rock and album. It's like, and they they were big, you know, getting a big following in uh, you know in Europe uh, after Marauder. Um, that was very successful. So I don't know. It's 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 a it's a good album, but not a great Blackfoot album. Um, but as for that song. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's a good little catchy tune, um, but it's not one of my <laughs> one of my go tos. You know, I go through that. Like I said, those core three albums in the middle are the ones that I picked. You know, most of my songs for this list. Well, this is really going to grind your gears. The next two songs are from this album as well, and I think <laughs> well, it's because I like it, it, very much. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's I like because it. of me and Lonnie. Um, Sail away, Lonnie. Sail away. Yes, it is. Did that was on my list. It is. It's not. Or is it? It is I... on your list. Oh no, it was on Lonnie's list. That it one. is on my list. Um, yeah. Sail away but... is is good. Um, again, I it's it's for the reasons of, of some of the other songs on my list. It's it's just more. It stuck with me more than than some of the others, and and I guess because it is catchy, and again the hardcore Blackfoot fans may not have, have liked that at the time. So, and I think I think as Kiss fans, we'll probably get criticized that we criticize Kiss about trying to cross <laughs> cross over into AOR. So like going from Dynasty to Unmasked is what I get mm-hmm. from this album. It's it's a for sale away, you know, for that pop stuff and the keyboards coming in. Uh, there's still something about the guitars on this song for me. Uh, mm-hmm. The phrasing, the tone of the guitars, I love. But the vocals and the keyboards, uh, there's a lot in this song. So, yeah, we, we, we get criticized for becoming radio-friendly, but when another band does it, it's perfectly okay, right? Exactly yeah. right. Well, that, that song, I almost made my list, because uh, that's one of, my, one of my favorite ones off of that album, uh, off of Siogo. So, um, and... It has a very catchy chorus on it, and it kind of does a build uh, on it, too. As they keep playing the same thing over, but, you know, kind of sail away, and then sail away, and it kind of builds. Um, just, a, just a nice chorus, and like, like you said, Julian, the, yeah, the guitars are really, the tone of them are is very cool. A very It's very well-produced, at least this album, for sure. Um, though it's not as maybe heavier or uh, grittier kind of guitar that I like as much, but uh, it it's still well produced, and that's a that's one of my favorites off the album, even though I didn't get it on you know put it on my list. All right, so the last song from this album to make it is uh, "Send Me an Angel," and that was on your and my list, Ken. So yeah. why "Send Me an Angel"? You, why don't you start on that? Yeah, just a. Uh, um, just a great catchy tune it's almost a 
maybe if, if the scorpions were going to write something like this it, it, i could see them singing it um just a very catchy rocking uh song and it, it starts off the album and it does have a lot of keyboards in it um but it's still still very good and uh the repeat of the chorus a number of times is just very good. I, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's really catchy and it's a really good song. Um, and I, I enjoy it every time I, I hear it. It's yeah. not something I see. It's on my list as well, probably for the same reasons. And with you saying The Scorpions, I would love to hear uh, Klaus Meine say that title, Send Me an Angel in his German accent. That would absolutely tickle me um <laughs> but as for the song it's very mainstream but it's catchy um poppy vocals poppy keyboards but i dig it and uh you know what it sounds dated and i don't care i, I still like it yeah the sound is a little dated right um lonnie anything still... to add on that before you get into our final pick with two votes which you were the no, only it... one to do on wishing well it didn't it didn't make my list but i can see why it did make your guys i mean it's a good song and it's catchy like you guys said um you know you know if maybe maybe if i had two more weeks to listen to black but maybe it would make my list because it is you know it, it's up it's up there with it, it very easily could have made my list. yeah you come on two more weeks all our lists would probably be different just thousand percent oh definitely yeah. All right, next one up, Wishing Well. And uh, you were the only one who voted for this originally, but it came through on the tiebreak. That was yeah, that was uh, Lonnie, and then I... I, I was the only one who voted for Wishing Well. I helped him on that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so did I. That's surprising, because I, I, really, I really enjoyed this one. Um, very, very Southern sounding, very um, just driving sounding. I... I enjoyed it. I'm, I really, and I, I, I was halfway familiar with it as well. Again, it's off the strikes, um, and again, most of my picks did come off of there. I, I just found myself going back to that more than anything else. I really enjoyed the, the sound production off this album more more than any of the others. So, um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you guys didn't didn't pick it. You guys jumped on board with the tiebreaker. So no, I so I, del- I deliberately cut this from my list, and it was the very last song to get cut because it's a cover. And I was more familiar yeah. with the free version. Um, right. So uh, it, for that reason only is that, oh, it's a cover, it's it's going. Um, sure. But that said, it's a fantastically executed cover, and they do a great, great job on it. So I had no problems voting for it again when it came into the tiebreak. I'm like, yeah, uh, all right, well, let's bring it back. Ken? Yeah, uh, Wishing Well, again, that was the other, yeah, the other cover on Strikes and... Uh, like you said, it was Free who originally did that song, and then this is another one that where Blackfoot again maybe improved on that one, uh, made it their own. You know, uh, it's it's very very good. Um, I think other other artists have done this one besides Free. I think well, I don't know, but um, it's it's a song that is very catchy and. I, I don't know what else to say about it, but it, it was very, it was one of the songs, early songs that I, you know, liked when I first got uh, Strikes, kind of like that other, the other cover they did. Those were kind of a couple of my favorite songs. And then I slowly progressed over to other songs. And the reason, only reasons I didn't really choose them on the list today is because 
basically because they were were covers and that I've listened to them you know a million times uh, and that's why I had some other picks from those albums nice all right so we're into the last five which are the unanimous picks and the first one is off Marauder these are in no order by the way these uh, this is just uh, you know everything else was two votes and these last five are uh, three votes uh, good morning from Marauder so uh, this showed up in Lonnie and my playlist as Good Morning Schoolgirl, which you did correct as, as being wrong um, as the <laughs> title, and that's fine. So Lonnie, good morning. On iTunes, it shows up as Good Morning Schoolgirl even as well. So that's interesting. Um, I think that's where it's getting it from, pulling it from. It's yeah, better not... correct. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> what do... <laughs> but it's good. I, I liked it. I was like... Um, it's the it's the lead off song off of of uh, is it the lead off song? Marauder, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was, you know it was good. It was a good way to start the album. Kind of kind of hooked in, like like a lead off song should. Um, you know, just just really just a, a groovy southern song, and I I enjoyed it. I had to have it on my list. Yeah, my notes are brief on this one. It's a uh, dirty swamp rock. Jim Dandy attitude for Monday morning, um, but again the drums are weak. The production of the drums are weak for me. Hmm. Ken. Yeah, I think that um, the, actually the, the drum, the production on that album is pretty darn good. But uh, it is a wake up tune. I mean, it says good good morning, but it is definitely a wake up tune. Um, it just kicks in and it rocks fast paced. And the thing about this this song is. Uh, I had before the album came out. It, uh, the single for the album was um, was it Fly Away? Um, I think um, yeah, Fly Away was the actual single, which is kind of a simple, catchy kind of tune. Uh, but the backside, you know, I flipped over to 45 and I played Good Morning, and I was like, whoa! And you know, it was it was great. The thing about the the, the 45, it was an instrumental. It was without the vocals. It had a lead-in to it, and this is this is actually like a 12-inch single of that, and the lead-in was like a DJ kind of thing, you know, telling you to wake up and blah blah blah, and then it kicks into the song, and I loved the instrumental. I thought it was great. So when I got the album, like you know, a couple how many we ever weeks later when the album finally came out, I put it on, and it's Good Morning, and it has vocals. I'm like, what? I was kind of like, holy cow, and but it was still great. Um, both versions are really great um, and this is one of their probably one of my favorite Blackfoot all time Blackfoot songs really and I'm you know so I'm um, happy that you guys chose it because it is a really good rocking song and, and it has that one part in it where it goes dun 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 and then it, was, it does this like the card the guitar, guitar does some kind of like a uh, rooster call kind of sound little does this little thing and it makes you think oh okay that was a little trick thing they did to make it seem like uh, you know good morning and you're going to be woken up by the rooster so um, yeah just a great great straight ahead rocking fast paced song alright Lonnie um I agree it's <laughs> I, can, you know, Lonnie, I, I, I concur with the, the answer Lonnie the gentleman gave. Like a, 
one time. I, I listen to I listen to these ones like you listen to the Velvet Revolver album. Not a whole lot of not, yeah, not as probably. much preparation as I should have. <laughs> and it's sure enough. Through. All right, let's move, let's move on then into uh, Road Fever. All three of us picked that one, and I've got great guitars, great opening track from Strikes, another one from Strikes, um, and I love the change-ups in the chorus. And this one makes me think more about the various elements combined. A really good song, actually. Just uh, a, a great rocking track, and just like Good Morning's a great opener up Marauder, this is the same on Strikes for me. Ken? Yeah, another great lead-off song. Um, just to, the way the guitars and the, the drum kicks off. I, I think you'll probably say the drums were pretty well produced on this song, on, on this album, um, at least on this song. Um, and it kicks off, and it's about, you know, road fever, go, you know, being on the road kind of thing. Um, straight ahead, rocker, um, you know, pretty catchy. You know, it's not a hit single type thing, but it's just a great rockin' tune. Um, and it has a cool groove, uh, you know, to the music and to the sound of the song. So it's a good one. That's why we picked picked it, three yep. of us. Lonnie. It is it is a good song. It's good. It's a good lead up to strikes, and that's why and that's why I picked it because, like I said, I, I kept finding myself going back there, um, and it kind of it just sets the tone for that album. So I had to put it on there. Yeah, so this 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 next one is yet another. Oh no, this one's from Marauder, and this one got through on a tiebreak where both Lonnie and I came over to Ken's way of thinking, searching, um, which for me is just pure AOR fodder. This is crossover, and it sounds like another band that I can't put my finger on their name. Um, <laughs> You know, and they had a lot of that kind of stuff in the era, you know, so maybe a little bit like some of my comments earlier about Loverboy and whatnot. That's all I've got from it. It thinks, makes me think of another band, but I can't remember who. And so it, it wasn't anywhere near my list. Uh, Lonnie, you, you voted um, for it as well. I did vote for it. Um, I, just, I just thought it was decent. You know, it's a good song. Um, just, it was tiebreaker worthy. It was tiebreaker worth. Ken, why did you? Let's hear it. Well, yeah, it's another. It's, you know, it's another. Uh, and what Blackbird has done on a few of their albums is the the last song is kind of this this jam song goes into this kind of jam. Um, this is one of them. Um, like highway song, searching's kind of in that similar vein, uh, where it's you know mellower, but you know searching. You know, searching for something you can't find, searching, and so on. Um, just very catchy, and I can see it's it's a yeah more almost AOR uh, type of tune uh, on the album. One of the mellower, and I would say mellow, but you know more of the less rocking uh, tunes. Uh, but though then it ends with a, you know again your guitar soloing battle going on between. Uh, Ricky Minlock and Charlie Hargret, you know, they're trading off uh, leads and, and that sort of thing. So, it's a it's a very good, very good tune and catchy, and yeah, we all like it, obviously. No, enough for a tiebreaker. Anyway, um, <laughs> last two, Train Train. We kind of talked about that, Lonnie. You've already kind of covered Kashi. 
Yeah, I kind of talked about it a little bit. It's the song I was most familiar with going into it, so obviously it made my list. Um, very just a, a driving type song, just just not not just driving, but like like just a driving force to it. And you know, I, I guess like a train for lack lack of a better word, but um, it very very melodic, very catchy. You, you kind of catch yourself singing it later on type of song. Um, Casey always played that harmonica intro to it whenever they played it, you know, on the radio, which exactly, you know, it always kind of made your ears perk up a little bit, you know, and you knew it was coming. It's just a driving force type song. Um, and, and I guess it's, and it's her signature song, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, so how can you not put it on your on your best of Blackfoot list? Glad I picked it. Ken? <laughs> yeah. Again, this was the song that I first heard uh, on the radio and maybe go by the album, like I said. Um, and it's just a great rocking. Now, now, this is one of the songs that were was written by, uh, you know, grandfather and father, uh, Shorty Medlock, Ricky's grandfather. And and there is, I posted it, there is a single of it of, of Shorty Medlock playing it, you know, out there. You can find it on YouTube. Um, and you can see how they took that song, you know, bluesy, bluegrass type song, and turned it into a, a heavy rocker. Um, and the, the ha- harmonica that you hear at the beginning is played by Shorty Medlock. Um, so uh, it's it's very cool. Um, and then uh, he's did that on another song. I don't think it's on our list, but he's done it on a couple of tunes um, where. Uh, Shorty has played harmonica before a song, and there's another song on my list that didn't make the list. Railroad Man, which is another Shorty Medlock song that did not make it uh, to our list here, but it's another one that Blackfoot turned into, a, a, you know, a nice, cool, from a bluesy song to a heavy, heavy rock and blues uh, song. So, but yeah, Train Train is just a, again, yeah, it, it's probably their signature song. Uh, that and Highway Song. Yeah, and for me, it's just a good time boogie rock song. Nicely crafted and executed. I love the vocal, great driving bass line, but the guitar tone on those solos just makes my ears perk up. So, And you say something about Shorty Medlock. That's something that I like when bands do. They've got a connection with someone. They bring them in to the album and add that extra seasoning. John Mellencamp did that with his grandmother on Scarecrow you know mm-hmm. bringing her on on that so you know that that's cool it just adds to the stories that these bands have with the material yeah. and where some of it comes from all right so the final pick uh again another unanimous pick uh warped and that is all that's the only pick to make the list i think off tom Catton, um which is kind of interesting kind of surprising because i guess i'll take this one um the it's that album is maybe a little bit muddier than the other, you know, couple uh, around it. And it strikes was a little bit uh, cleaner, uh, lighter, and then and then Tom Catton got you know pretty heavy. But the sound wasn't, you know, something. The sound-wise production is not the best, but it's still good. Um, and then Marauder was a little bit cleaner, heavy rock. Um, but yeah, Tom Catton was a great. 
uh, a great album, and, and Warped is another lead-off rocking song. We have a couple here, you know, a few of them that were lead-off songs, and Warped is one of them. Again, kind of like Good Morning, you know, I'm Warped and I'm Coming to You. It's just builds and, and just, you know, kind of hits you in the face and has this great, you know, kind of scream, laugh, or whatever it is that Ricky Medlock does in the middle, and great soloing. Um, one thing about Blackfoot, just the soloing guitars on a lot of their solos are so good. I mean, you can hear them wail sometimes, the way they make them, pull, you know, pulling the strings, and, and, and also a lot of slide guitar, which I, I love to hear um, uh, on songs. So there's not enough of slide guitar around um, in rock and roll as far as I'm concerned. It's really good, but yeah, great straight-ahead rocker um, to kick off that album. Yeah, a lot of their opening tracks off their albums made our list, uh, mm-hmm. the last four albums, basically. So that kind of, that's what yep, the band wants, you. and it obviously works. Uh, Lonnie, thoughts on Warped? Yeah, the Warped just kind of punches you in the face type type song to open up, to open up that album. And like Julian said, I mean, the they definitely had a formula with how they wanted to open these albums and Warp definitely definitely sets the tone for Tom Catton and like and, and you know to what Ken said too those solo the solos on them are are you know really incredible and they just kind of you know kind of sticks with you a little bit so um yeah it, it definitely had made my list they definitely have a formula for how they start off their albums and you know again here here we are with this one yeah and i've got tom canton and marauder as sister albums i mean same production obviously um but also in terms of style there's not a lot of change between those two albums um for the this is again my only pick off it and all i've got on it is great opening track um i like the hard rock approach and this is the best of that attitude represented as a song and great guitar tones and vocal so that's all i've got um Interestingly, not a single pick off Vertical Smiles. Um, I don't think anyone's surprised by that, to be perfectly honest. I am surprised, when we get down to the final part of this discussion, is if you would pick an album to introduce someone to Blackfoot, which album would you pick and why? Ken? Yeah, that's a a, a tough one uh, for me. Um, There's... It's one where, you know, it's kind of a tie. Uh, I would pick either Strikes or or Marauder, uh, definitely, d- depending on the person, I guess, uh, who I'm going to tell. Because uh, if someone's really, you know, heavy, the heavier stuff, maybe I'll go the Marauder side. And then Strikes is a little bit, you know, not as heavy, more cleaner kind of rock um, sound to it. So it be one of those two that I would pick uh, to start off. Uh, I guess it depends whether you like the person, which album you suggest. Because if you, if you didn't care for them, you might send them off to listen to Vertical Smiles. So, yeah. uh, for me, I'd pick Marauder. If I was going to go by the number, the album that I had the most picks of, I picked five songs from Siogo. So, I, I can't pick that. I, I got to go with Marauder because that was released in June or July '81. 
same as High and Dry, the band with whom they toured that year. So simply because of the Def Leppard connection and all those ads that I trawl through, uh, go listen to Marauder, check it out. I, I think that's a very good representation of them at their height. Uh, Lonnie? Uh, for me, it strikes, obviously. Um, I guess I can snow some a lot. I can snow has the most catchy songs off of any of the albums, at least as a whole. Um, it was the album I kept going back to. Um, and it was the album just I was the most familiar with um, going into this exercise. So um, for, for me, I, I would I would steer in that, steer someone in that direction for a for a for a taste of Black Book. Nice. Okay. That, that is our best of Blackfoot. I'll just read the list off quickly. Born to Rock and Roll, Diary of, Diary of a Working Man, Highway Song, I Got a Line on You, Turn Left on a Red Light, Paying for It, Run for Cover, Sail Away, Send Me an Angel, Wishing Well, Good Morning, School Girl, Good Morning, School Girl, <laughs> Road Fever, Searching, Train Train, and Warped. Um, I'll put this playlist together for the songs that are available on Spotify for you to check out. Uh, the first album, sadly, is not up there. A uh, different record label than the Atco and uh, Epic, I think, for the for the middle part of the catalog. But Lonnie, you said something in one of your descriptions that has picked our next topic. Mm. And it is, I think we are going to do a, a panel's best of Judas Priest, since you, said, he, since you said heavy duty. And, I did say and I've been listening to quite a bit of Priest of late, uh, all their live albums. I, I think we should do that. We'll do, we'll do the same format for that band, and hopefully uh, one of the other participants is able to join us for that discussion, making it a four-way, and we'll try and go faster on each one of the entries. And I know I'm more familiar with that catalog, so I'll be more comfortable yeah. about talking about it. Anyway, Ken, I'm you know... Yeah, and, and you know what? That, that is the whole point. Ken, thank you for picking Blackfoot and introducing to me them uh, to them a couple of years ago anyway. You know, again, the whole idea of this is to go and now listen to a band that, if you're not familiar with them, this is what we thought were our favorite songs to the, as of today from them. And uh, maybe you'll like some of them, and maybe some of the ones that didn't make our cut will make yours. So uh, for now, from Ken, from Lonnie, and myself, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>